This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. On this Thursday, October 20th, we say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you're checking out the show. We appreciate you being here. Uh, we've got, uh, I'm really excited about this, uh, a couple of movers and shakers that are going to be joining us in just a second. They're both executives uh, in the CEBL. They're both professional basketball execs in Canada. It's the Battle of Alberta now that Calgary's announced uh, that it's going to be, uh, well, Calgary's in the mix now. The surge. Uh, of course, the Edmonton Stingers, you know, already with the national championship. Uh, but we're going to talk with Jason Ribeiro and Reed Clark about more than just basketball. We want to talk about building community, building a brand, building a fan base from the grassroots, from the ground up. Should be a good one. And then in about a half hour's time, live from Yellowknife, psychologist and author, Dr. Jody Carrington will join us. She's been on the show a couple of times before. Every time she's here, uh, this already engaged audience takes it to a whole other level. We wanted to pick up where we left off in our conversations around a polarized public. Uh, and it's not just talking politics. You, the whole COVID thing had an impact on us, whether we like it or not. In some circumstances, maybe it brought us closer to friends or family. Maybe it helped us better understand ourselves. Uh, but in other circumstances, and we know that this is the case around the world, as we made our way through Thanksgiving, as we make our way, uh, our American neighbors towards American Thanksgiving, and then the holidays, uh, Hanukkah and Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, if families are going to be getting together, will they be doing so amicably? peacefully and productively dr jody will give us the tools plus we'll see where that conversation goes uh if it goes off the rails it'll be on the right track and so i'll look forward to that the breaking news today internationally of course the resignation after just 41 days in office of now former british prime minister liz truss uh, really remarkable how quickly her support collapsed. The entire economic plan, uh, more holes than Swiss cheese. It became evident very quickly. We're seeing the British political machine in action this morning with her resignation. And we wanted to quickly put our finger on the pulse of this to give you a sense of what some folks are saying. I was just scanning my Twitter. Here are some of the, the takes that jumped out at me. A local entrepreneur uh, out of Alberta, Chris Labossier. You know, Chris, he's the CEO of Local Environmental Services. He says, you know, watching the chaos of the British Conservative Party, the resignation of Prime Minister Truss after just uh, 45 days in office, even less than that. He says, for Alberta Conservatives, beware the sunk cost fallacy. It's not about changing the leader you just barely elected. It's about taking her into the general election. Uh, Liz Truss's party didn't have the confidence in her as leader, and they're not going to risk the bigger implication for the party. So out she goes. How about this? Uh, Sapria Devetti and I both adore this account. You should follow it on social media as well. Liza outlives. And they announced this morning, Liza Minnelli has outlived Liz Truss's time at 10 Downing Street. She's informed King Charles III that she has resigned. 
I thought this one was pretty good from uh, POTUS uh, from Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump's former. You remember Anthony Scaramucci, a hilarious uh, post from Anthony Scaramucci, who is the White House spokesperson for a very short period of time from his official blue checkmarked account this morning. He says Liz, Liz Trust lasted 4.1 Scaramucci's. Uh, he, he had about I think he had less than 10 days. I mean, he came in like a bull in a china shop, I think probably setting the tone that the president had asked him to do at the time. Yeah. You remember, he didn't last for long. He was there for no. like a week and he was on his heels from the very beginning. But he's obviously got a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Liz Trust lasting 4.1 Scaramucci's. And then there was a statement this morning as well from an account, as a matter of fact, a live stream that I know a lot of people were watching. We featured it earlier this week right here on Real Talk. And that was the question posed by a British newspaper. Would a head of lettuce outlast Liz Truss as British Prime Minister? You took the under on Cool Bet? Nice. You like that one? Okay, well, let's see. Well, we have a statement this morning from Lizzie Lettuce. And here it is. Hello. Is this thing on? I, Lizzie Lettuce, just wanted to say thank you to the nation for all your support. We shall remain here for as long as we can. And we can't believe that you have let us into your hearts. There may be trouble ahead but take a leaf out of our book and know that we will always be able to laugh and joke even as the clock ticks away against us. Hold this vegetable in your hearts as we go forward and remember there is a bright, green, vibrant future ahead of us. (laughs) I'm never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. Never going to make you cry. So good. Never going to say goodbye. Never going to tell a lie and hurt you. Let us prevail. (laughs) There you go. So we get Rick rolled at the end. By Lizzie Lettuce. The metaphors in there. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it turns out that the head of Lettuce did indeed outlast Liz Truss as uh, her tenure in British Prime Minister. I so owe it's you a, it's a five new bucks. Era. You owe me five bucks. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, you can send us your thoughts on that. It's talk at RyanJesperson.com. Obviously, this is a story that we'll continue to cover. We'll look into the why and what this means for not just British politics, but what does this mean for the EU? What does this mean for, for international political relations? I mean, I mean, this is pretty remarkable. 41 days and not losing an election 41 days to resignation you know Jim Prentice was was in office as Alberta's premier for off the top of my head it was fewer than 300 days I think Mm -hmm. it was like 260 days but you'll remember he came in he made a big splash Mm -hmm. uh, enticing the Wild Rose Party to essentially dissolve Uh, Danielle Smith now Alberta's premier obviously people remember this in, in 2014 crossing the floor in that December 
with 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 other members of significant. I think it was eight others at the time, uh, members of the Wild Rose Party. He came in. He called an early election. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put a budget in front of Albertans that was an unpopular budget. It actually proved to be somewhat intuitive. Right? You remember that whole Jim Prentice thing? Uh, yeah. Here's the budget. It's going to hurt. Look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, who the hell do you think you are? Except for with hindsight, people were like, well, he was kind of hitting a few nails right on the head there. Mm-hmm. He obviously had that swagger, called the early election, and then lost the election. Everyone remembers the orange crush. So, so about 260 days in office for Jim Prentice, 41 days in office for Liz Truss as British Prime Minister. That's a story we'll cover into tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll, we'll continue to pay attention to that story into next week. We're going to be talking about community building. We're going to talk about pro basketball, the, the role that sport has in community in just a second with Jason Ribeiro and Reed Clark and then Dr. Jody Carrington to come. These conversations happen because of amazing sponsors like the family-owned team at Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food. It's who we trust to feed our family members, Moses and Monroe. They both have different diets based on their age, based on their health constraints. Moses is working to keep his joints healthy and and Monroe's got the gut thing that some labs already do. If you go to granddog.ca right now, you can check out their website. They've got a new blog post out right now uh, and it's a great one. How to build a raw diet for cats. Uh, transition tips. It's a great post. You know, they also have cat food. You can order on their website. You go to the shop now link at granddog.ca. The promo code uh, REALTALK knocks 10% off your first time order delivered to your door. That's granddog.ca quality raw food. You know, they deliver right to our door, John. And, and oftentimes it's set up because I'm the guy that always forgets and then yeah. panics. The dogs are out of food. What are you going to do? Same they've, thing. They've got it on the schedule. We go right down to like the last 10 of same. Food. I'm the same. It's good for lazy people. Yeah, so they're on time. It's great for lazy people. Or maybe you're not. You're going, I'm not lazy. I just have a lot on my plate. Perfect. We recommend a partnership with Grand Dog Essentials. Now, when it comes to feeding the humans in your household, nobody does it better than the family-owned team at Friesen Brothers. Since 1955, Alberta-grown and Alberta-owned, they've got their Oktoberfest dinner coming up on October 29th and 30th. These are at their Friesen Brothers Fresh Market stores. All you can eat German cuisine. This is going to be one you won't want to miss. You can find all the details at Friesen.com and don't forget, in under two weeks from now, the first of the month, it's 15% off all grocery purchases over $75. That's at Friesen Brothers. And a big shout out to our friends at Park Power. You know, we're about to talk about the Battle of Alberta. We're about to talk about Calgary versus Edmonton. People don't care how it manifests itself. It's always relevant. Well, Park Power's bringing everybody together. That's right. They're serving the entire province as your friendly local utilities provider. Electricity, natural gas, and internet. We can all agree that it's better to pay less for your utilities, right? Compare your rates today. Check out their frequently asked questions. And when you bring your business over to Park Power, what's taking you so long? Use the promo code 2022-REALTALK. It knocks $70 off your very first bill. Fantastic stuff from Park Power. They're powering the Real Talk RJ hashtag. Well, a big announcement yesterday out of Calgary. Uh, That's right. The city of Calgary will be joining the CEBL with uh, a a new addition, a new franchise, the Calgary Surge. Uh, The president of that team is a father, a community advocate, a doctoral researcher at the University of Calgary. He's well known on social media as well as mainstream media. Jason Ribeiro, a fixture uh, providing public affairs commentary, serves on a lot of corporate and not-for-profit boards. You've seen his face before. Well, as of yesterday, he's the vice chair and 
president of the Calgary Surge Professional Basketball Club and a great friend of mine uh, representing the north side of the province here. That's right. Reed Clark is president of the Edmonton Stingers Professional Basketball Club, a born and raised sport and community loving Edmontonian, a self-proclaimed hoops, jumpy and MBA and this morning joining us from his vehicle on he and his wife's 10-year wedding anniversary. Uh, I don't know who to congratulate first. I mean, Ribeiro's got the new ball team, but read 10 years. You did it, buddy. Congratulations to both of you. Welcome to the show. Are we getting you in trouble by pulling you away from the family today? No, no, we're all good. I, I'm calling from the trunk of my car. Uh, we're about to do uh, a net replacement with the mayor here. So that's I great. Fit this in, but it's going to be cool. Awesome. You know, we ran into to Mayor Emerjeet Sohi last night at Sea Change Brewing. He was out with his campaign team. They were celebrating one year in office, one year since they'd won that election. That. Yeah. And we were there, my men's league team. We just won a game, no big deal, at the Saddle okay. Community Sports Center. So we got to talk a little basketball with Mayor Sohi's daughter. Sirat, of course, has had a great career uh, yeah. in NBA commentary. Uh, Read more on that in just a bit. I want to talk to you about your Fresh Nets program, and I promise we won't make you late for your appointment uh, coming up in about 15 minutes. But Jason, this is a big deal. Well, I got to say, Ryan, when I imagined making my Real Talk uh, debut, I didn't think I would have this very, uh, hey now, Howard Stern affect on my voice. But it's been a it's been a long, <laughs> long 24 hours, but a, a wonderful 24 hours. You know, really, uh, my partner in this venture, Usman Tahir Judd, and I, uh, you know, have, you know, very actively been involved in, in community and economic development and business and certainly sport uh, and recreation advocacy. And we've been talking for a number of years about what does that look like? Is it philanthropy? Is it uh, just, you know, grassroots organizing? Is it bidding for uh, a major event? And and when we heard that the franchise was relocating, I, I literally sent him a, a screenshot of the press release. And I said, are we doing this? And he said, we're doing it. And uh, we've uh, we've done our due diligence. We've had great partners with the, the CEBL. And uh, yesterday was a was a movie. Uh, it's uh, absolutely surreal. Well, congratulations. The league, the Canadian Elite Basketball League has been around for four years. Edmonton has taken half of the championships. Read two of them. Um, it's been an early success story for the Stingers. Um, I've attended the games. The product is fantastic. Talk to us about basketball and building a fan base in Western Canada, in Canada in particular. More Canadian NBAers this year than ever before. Yeah, we. Just, I think there's 22 Canadians in the NBA this year, Ryan. Uh, the movement of basketball in this country, in this city, in this province is undeniable. I, I mean, I coached my son, a U9 team. We had three teams last year. We got 13 this year. That's just the smallest you know, example of kind of what's going on with basketball. And we want to be a part of that movement because there's no better sport to bring community together and bring people from all over this city and all over this province together. Reed, is it good news for the Stingers that the Surge are going to be playing down in Calgary? Is it easier to, to sell out games? Is it easier to get people excited when there's a, a so-called local rivalry? Yeah, it's it's huge, Ryan. Like to have that battle, Alberta, to have a place where our fans and their fans can kind of easily commute back and forth and build that natural rivalry. I mean, I'm born and raised Edmontonian. Like you just grow up hating Calgary, hating Red, and you know everyone else in the city feels the same way on that. So to have that, you know, we can never replicate that with our friends in, in Saskatoon as much as I love them. Uh, the Calgary Battle Alberta is great for the league and great for us. Jason, I, I grew up in, in Calgary. Uh, I went to a ton of Calgary 88s games. I'll remember the three-point chip shots from Chip England. I mean, anybody that's old-school Calgary basketball yeah. knows that. Is there a fan base there that's been waiting to be satiated? Or, or where do you begin here? Yeah, you know, there was a great test case um, in uh, in March when they had the BCLA's tournament, and it was it was pretty quiet. 
Um, it played out of the Windsport Event Center where we'll be playing out uh, next May. And I, I was shocked at the uptake um, because it, it was an international tournament. You, you had a, uh, the Edmonton Stingers play a bunch of, a bunch of international teams that weren't at probably as well known in the market. And you're getting hundreds of people out to these games. So when Calgary has a, a team of its own, I, I imagine we're starting from that foundation and then building up on top of it. And now that the brand has been revealed, we had that event yesterday and you see, you know, we're, we're trying to do things different here. You know, that press conference was not your, you know, table with a skirt and name cards. It, you know, we had Chief Little Child give the opening. We had a DJ. We had Papa Shot going. Um, we had the kids from Jack James Highs you saw in that photo for those who are watching on YouTube. And, uh, and, and I think that fresh perspective is very well aligned with the, the Calgary Elite Basketball League. And so hopefully, you know, we're around for a million Scaramucci's and, yeah. uh, and this is here to stay. <laughs> hey, well played. We'll read the entire, the entire vibe. I mean, from anybody that's, that's watched like a great high school basketball production all the way up to, you know, the NBA final or whatever, you can do it differently. Like you, you it's a bit like lacrosse and they, you can play music during the play. Quite frankly, your in-game hosts can have a little bit more fun. The fans are right there. I mean, floor seats, there's nothing like it. Like take us into the product and, and, and how you sell it maybe a little bit differently than other communities community entities or even other pro sports well you touch on that fan experience and for myself going to a million different sporting events all over the city and all over the world uh you know one of the first things i did and i've been just over a year here with the stingers is i wanted to bring the best sporting experience that anybody in edmonton could could have and when i sat down with our game day production team and i said here's all the things we're going to do that i mean they looked at me like i was crazy around they're like you can't do all this stuff i'm like we're going to do all this stuff and let's make it happen it, it's it's a jam-packed it's an hour and a half really experience you come to the hive uh, at the Edmonton Expo Center I mean we're doing fan giveaways we're tossing hot dogs in the crowds we're talking to jerky we're bringing people onto the court eight times a game for activations it, it, it's a whole fun experience it, it's great for kids it's great for people going out we try to kind of appeal to all levels of it and and you know when I say it's the best boring experience in Edmonton I mean that and I've gone to everything else so uh you know, I think uh, we've kind of lived up to that, and we just got to enhance that going into this season. Jason, you've you've obviously got a you, you've done a lot of work uh, talking about you know public affairs and understanding community and the dynamic, like intergovernmental dynamics and, and things like that. Um, I'd be really curious for your insights. I mean, I would imagine this this for you is like, yeah, you got to sell tickets, yeah, you got to build the brand, you're going to sell merch, and, and and of course all everything that comes with that. But but at a higher level, I love the logo by the way, both the logos. Look at me trying to walk both sides of this fence. <laughs> here but uh Howard. But you, yeah i know but 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 bigger picture like can we talk about the role that a sports franchise plays in a community and what a healthy community can do for a sports franchise in that relationship look i'll be quite honest this is not some early third of life crisis for uh, Usman and I, and and we just decided to do this very flippantly. This is a a pretty natural progression, I think, from what we believe in, what I think the community is demanding. Calgary is very different, Ryan, and you know this, and you've talked about this on the show, than than when you grew up in Calgary. It's the third most diverse city in the country, and it's really really young. And I think they're just waiting for all of these avenues to be able to experience entertainment and culture. And so I, I think, quite bluntly, if this is just a basketball team. We'll do fine. Uh, we, we reviewed it, you know, 10 different ways to Sunday. We just got to execute. Uh, but we're preparing this to be more than basketball. You know, I was a, an, uh, an executive in economic development and talent retention and recruitment and attraction is so critical to helping our company scale, helping our companies grow. 
And I look at the demographic of the CEBL. Who's watching these games? Who's going to these games? Who's watching it on their on their smartphone? And it's it's who these companies want to attract, who these companies want to build relationships with. And so this is very little to do with us. I think this is an attractor for all of the things we've been talking about in Calgary. And so in that room yesterday, it was packed uh, at our launch and you had all four quadrants of the city represented. You had Andrew Fung, five-time Canadian Screen Award winner, did yeah. a hype video for us. Um, you see the logo is something a little bit pulled back. It's a little bit restrained you know i'm i'm, I'm i uh, you know i this, those details matter to me yeah i i see that logo on a on a crest on a shirt replacing a jordan logo locally and and on a on a pant um and so we're going to compete against edmonton we want to compete against scarborough we want to we want to be that alternative in the west that's cool that's young that's fresh but 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 above all is inclusive that you don't need to check a part of yourself at the door when you come to these games. You can come fully as yourself, and the product, I promise you, will reflect that. Uh, Reed, can you, are you, like, I don't know how, how permanently your phone or whatever is set up, but people that are watching on YouTube, including those live streaming right now, you're taking a bit of shelter. It's, we got a bit of a rainy morning in the capital city this morning, and so I know you're, you're covering yourself here, but you're what? You're in an outdoor court right now, and, and, and you and the mayor are about to bring some attention to this Fresh Hoops program or the Fresh Nets, which, which has been a huge success. People can check out. I've got your, <laughs> your Instagram, the stingers.cebl Instagram loaded up here, and, and people can see a ton of examples. Talk to us about this, this community initiative and, and, and the whole point of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm calling from the trunk of my car outside of Delton uh, School in, in Northeast Edmonton, uh, and we're about to do a program called Fresh Nets with, with Mayor Sohi. So the whole reason on and that this whole uh, initiative started Ryan, is that, you know, I was driving around as a hooper, seeing all these uh, basketball courts around the city without nets. And, and no one's going to even start to play and learn basketball. And that's where kids start to play is outdoor hoops uh, without a net on there. So I saw a desire, even before I joined the Stinger, I was out there with my ladder putting nets up. Uh, and I said, well, how, how do I kind of turn this into, you know, a bigger sort of movement? So the Fresh Nets campaign was, was born. Uh, we got some great nets that are kind of in our Stinger's colors. And we're going around to uh, all 450 um, nets around the city of Empton. They're city of Empton owned, and we're replacing them. Most of the time, they don't have any nets. If they do, they're pretty beat up and old. And we're putting these brand new nets on there. And really, you know, just trying to, we're touching every community around the city, and we're getting as many partners, uh, activists, anybody we want to get involved in it. We've got people who came out from the Oil Kings, from the Elks, local celebrities. Uh, partners of ours, all who want to just kind of touch us and be a part of this. And that's what we're doing the mayor here in about 10 minutes is, is he saw the program. He thought it was really cool and, and want to touch it. And, and we've done about 320 so far. So we got a busy couple of weeks till the snow flies, but uh, we're going to try to get them all done. Yeah. Do, do you, have you heard like a story from somebody? It's, it's a big deal. Anybody that's played basketball, just like street ball, so to speak, like a shitty net versus a fresh one. It, it's actually, a, it, it's such a small thing, but it's such a big thing. It, it, it's such a bit like we when we actually start putting these up, we start seeing kids come with their balls from across the street from all over the place. They're shaking our hands. Then we start playing a game of 21 or bump with them. Like we see that we see what it does right away. Uh, and even when I'm driving home, I'm going by all of our school. Where we put up six nets there. I, I swear there's only a couple kids maybe playing ball there before. And every night when I'm driving home, I'm seeing 
10, 12, 15 kids out there. So the impact is real and you see it right away. That's one of the best parts about it. So you've, you've got like 97 and the blue and orange and everything you got to contend with. And then both cities have the football teams as well, although the Elks are really struggling attendance wise in Edmonton and on the field, Jason, you know, they've just, Calgary's just imported a 10 and a half million dollar man from Florida who famously sold his Lamborghini to come play for the Calgary flames. And you got the stamps and you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So I know you want to build this brand. I mean, you got a fan base. Obviously, there's a big marketing plan. So, so take us into what the next 24 hours looks like. I mean, this is a fresh announcement. You want to strike while the iron's hot the next week, the next month, the next year. Going to go the opposite direction on you. Oh. I, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're certainly thrilled that we're going to be part of this you know great sports town and ecosystem. And, and I don't see necessarily a competition with that. I think that there are people who go to these games that want to come to ours, too. The seasons don't necessarily overlap. So I think that there's there's a way to just be a part of community and go to all of it. Uh, certainly want to we want to identify our base. But I think that the, the approach that we're going to take here actually is to take our time, um, you know, let this breathe for a little bit because we don't know what we have yet. I think that I was overwhelmed and bowled over. You never know how these things are going to go. The the overwhelming positivity about this, there's a million ways this cannot go right, right? There's only a couple ways that this can go right. And that happened yesterday. And so we want to let this breathe. We want to let the energy come in and we want to build that momentum. I think we're going to do a lot of stuff internally on the basketball side. You know, obviously getting a, a, a head coach and a GM in place is, is paramount, building out that team. But I think for the next few months, you're just going to see us activate and and it's going to be grassroots. It's going to be quick. It's not going to be overly programmatic. We're just going to come to come to courts, come to schools and uh, and just activate in the community and just say, we're here. We're here for you. We're going to see you in May and we're going to do everything we can to solve for any of that in between that doesn't allow you to come to a game. But we've got great partners in the CEBL. I got Reed already in my ear trying to get something going and I'm not taking the bait. But uh, <laughs> but but it's like he came to the city yesterday and he's you know tweeting and Instagramming. Well, I'll deal with him in, in due time. But uh, for right now, uh, Calgary, this is yours. Take it. I want to see this logo everywhere. I want to see it reinterpreted. Uh, and we're going to take our time to make sure we're really, really thoughtful about building something. Like I said, 41 million, 50 million Scaramucci's into the future. We're the ones that actually prove this out to be successful. And, and you would have to rip it from Calgarian's hands to get yeah, it away from them. I love it. Well, a national championship goes a long way. Doesn't it read? I mean, there's nothing like winning to get loyal fans really excited. Yeah, I mean, and I had we had to build on that as city of champions, and, and we didn't win it this year. Blame the president if you want, but uh, we're going for it again next year. And and doing that, I mean, that way, way, what a way to kind of cement the team into this city. Uh, with that, was winning a couple titles in the CBL. It, it was huge for us, and and building on that legacy with the fan experience and community. I mean, those are the three pillars that that I want to do with this team uh, and make this a permanent staple. Just like Jason said, I mean. Uh, you know, I'm taking a chance on this league, on this team. I believe in it in all my heart, and, and this isn't going to go away. This is here to stay, and this isn't like any past examples that made people have the basketball in Canada before. Love it. Well, the bang for buck is unparalleled in pro sports in Canada. Uh, I'm super excited to attend the first Battle of Alberta between these two franchises. Yes. Uh, my man Jordan Baker featured on the homepage of the Edmonton Stingers. You can check them out at thestingers.ca. And if you're listening from central or southern Alberta, check out calgarysurge.ca. You can uh, get your season tickets there, limited edition merch, and we're really excited to see this rivalry build and build. It's Jason Ribeiro out of Calgary, Reed Clark out of Edmonton to both of you. Congratulations and thanks for doing this. Thank you, Ryan.
Uh, thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Uh, Reed Clark is, is literally going to be getting up on a ladder in like three minutes uh, to change out the nets at th- this outdoor court. It's a big deal. Fresh nets. I like it, yeah. It sounds like a small thing, but it's a big thing. And then they put that little stinger sticker on the backboard, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like we have been here, bam. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how you build. Not a lot of, I don't, I wonder if non-basketball fans notice that because I notice that all the time. When Do you? It, yeah, when there's a, a nice court, but the nets are gone or, or they're chained and they're half tangled up. So that's a great thing to do for the community. It's yeah, awesome. Love it. Uh, you can let us know what you think about this. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of the grassroots rivalry developing. I saw some people right now, it seems even on the live chat, like just, you know, uh, discovering this for the first time, you know, going, wait, wait a second. I got to check this out. So you can check out the Canadian Elite Basketball League. I know we're not typically necessarily 100% a sports show, but I get excited when I see stuff like this happening. And plus, it's it's a case study, isn't it, into business? Like, you know, the uh, the Stingers have a four-year head start on the surge. Uh, two national championships already. And the, the caliber of this basketball, by the way, is great. And, uh, you know, you get several thousand people out to a game. The atmosphere is fantastic. We encourage you uh, to check that out. Dr. Jody Carrington coming up in just a moment. Uh, these conversations are made possible by sponsors like our friends at Kubi Energy. At Kubi Renewable Energy, you'll find solar energy solutions to power your life. You know, it's right now a perfect time of year to request a free quote off their website. You can get a sense of of what the build might look like, what the cost might look like, and then get your application in for this Canada Greener Homes Grant. That's that $40,000 interest-free loan from the feds. You get 10 years to pay it off. You don't have to take the full 40. Uh, Your system might be 11 grand or 16 grand or 22 grand, depending on your house, depending on where it is, depending on what your special requirements may be. Kubi's going to find that perfect fit. They have their design team get it ready to go so their Tesla certified installers this spring are up on your roof ASAP. No batteries installed. You sell the excess power back to the grid. It's never been a smarter move than it is right now to get into solar with Kubi Energy at kubienergy.ca. At Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge, they know that a vehicle is a big decision. You want to find that perfect fit for you or your family. Maybe you're a little more cost conscious now than you were. I mean, who's not, right? The price at the pump fluctuating between a buck 60 and two dollars a liter or more depending on where you are in canada why not look to the electric options like that jeep wrangler 4xe or something maybe a little more fun to drive these new dodge hornets everybody's talking about they're taking pre-orders and of course alberta's best selection of the ram 1500 at sherwood and st albert dodge At Local Environmental Services, number one, they're putting the call out for trash talk submissions. They're proud to present that every Friday here on the show. You got something you want to say? You got to get something off your chest? Does Danielle Smith still have you blocked? Send us an email to talk at ryanjesperson.com. At Local Environmental Services, they've got clients across Alberta and Saskatchewan, including Edmonton and area, White Court and area, Regina and area. Into the Prairie Provinces, of course, is the family-owned Local Environmental services they believe you deserve better as a business owner and they'll get you there request your quote today at localenvironmental.ca our next guest has uh, established uh, herself and, and her brand if you will across the country and beyond her frank takes 
her real talk about issues that impact people on a daily basis. She's a celebrated author. Uh, she's a uh, public speaker in high demand, psychologist and great friend to this show, Dr. Jody Carrington, joining us live from Yellowknife this morning. A good morning to you, my friend. What brings you up there? RJ! <laughs> it's what been too long! Even- friggin happening right now there's a lot going on listen i'm trying to figure out how to get myself in the frame do you see that No, you're good you're perfectly how, centered you're perfectly centered that's how long it's been yeah what time is it in yellow knife right now is it eight in the morning you an hour but you're on pacific time right now i think no same same as you oh same as us okay so so it's not a, not a crazy early morning for you what what takes you up there you're doing a public speaking up there yeah, yeah. I get to speak to 900 teachers, uh, educators in the Northwest Territories tomorrow. Uh, so we came up a day early because I've never been up here and it is stunning, stunning. So we're having a great time. This is the end of a, a 10 day tour through uh, Washington, D.C. And every single small town in Saskatchewan you could name. I was there in the last week. It was a good time. Yeah, I was, we were just out in Saskatchewan for Thanksgiving and, and passed through the uh, the beautiful communities of Middle Lake and of Humboldt and uh, just a fantastic part of the country. And what a beautiful time of year, by the way, to roll out all the cliches. Just before the snow falls, harvest has happened and the trees are just absolutely wild. All the hunters are out there. The snow geese are all over the place. It was remarkable. Yeah, I know. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And you know what I think? Growing up in a small town, I don't know if you know this, but I grew up in Viking, Alberta, Canada. So what happens in small towns is you can't replicate what it means to wave with one finger. Mm. You can't replicate what it means to like, you know, have conversations about like the weather 87 times a day. It's my favorite thing on the entire universe. Yeah, there's nothing like a small town coffee shop, right? No. That's what always. But that's what uh, the, the beauty of the small town is the peril of the small town as well, which is that everybody knows you. Everybody knows what's going on at all times. And uh, and to a certain degree, I'm not an expert in this, but you get the sense that everybody kind of feels like they're entitled to information on what's happening with everybody else. And to me, that might be a little bit exhausting. No, man. Do you know what it is? It is the thing we're missing the most in this free world in yeah. this moment. And indeed, it is exhausting. But I will tell you what. When we talk about getting back to the good old days, what all we want to know is that we're seen because when we're acknowledged, we rise. And here's what I was reminded in Tisdale and Melfort and um, Humboldt, all of these places that we sort of set into is that when you when stuff gets tough, when shit goes off the rails, what you want is the connection of another human that does not require words. And when somebody knows you to the core and they know your grandmother and they know all the shit you did in high school and they did all of those things, you know what matters the most when you've just tried to to walk through the most horrific grief of your life is somebody who knows you. And even with without words, huh? because we're wired for connection, what we will never automate is relationship. Mm. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about the mental health crisis. We've talked a lot about disconnection and, you know, when sort of people are trying to make things right with strategies and fix it with big solutions. I will tell you, we will never, ever get back or get away from the basics, which is sitting down, having a face-to-face conversation where you're looking in my balls, my eyeballs, and you you look and you see, because I, I was reading this research um, last week, Ryan, where it, it is estimated that our great grandparents looked at their children 72% more of the time than we look at our babies. What? And that's something. 
And I, and I think that's so true, right? Like you think about at the end of the day with your boys, when you come home, like if you came home, my, my, my father grew up in a one bedroom house. Okay. So until he was 17, this is one generation ago till he was 17, they didn't have running water. And so um, I'm, that maybe is an exact, uh, like, so maybe they didn't have a toilet. That's what I know for sure. And what happened in, if you come home, you got bullied on the bus in grade three, right? Or you walked home and somebody told you you were dumb or, you know, who knew about it in that tiny kitchen? Everybody, right? Now, at the end of the day, after, you know, I've single-handedly saved the mental health of people in central Alberta. I'm coaching hockey. Uh, I'm trying to make supper. I don't know. my Why didn't I marry somebody who could cook? Hmm. And then um, I, I'm trying to run a team and trying to not launch the next book. <sighs> Do you know what I feel entitled to? I feel entitled to figuring out how to launder money in the Ozarks. That's that's what I feel like I'm entitled to. And we get so inundated by information that we are people are exhausting. Where when we had less opportunity, when we had uh, no nowhere else to sink into, we wanted so much more to sink into each other. We had less exit ramps because the sorry, welcome to my show. I don't know if you'd like to get a word in entry. I don't want to talk when you're talking. I just want you to I, take over and teach <laughs> us. Yeah, Ryan Jesperson, Jody Carrington, this just went right over to me. Um, But but here's the thing that I think is really interesting. Despite the fact that we're wired for connection, the hardest thing we will do is look into the eyes of the people we love. Huh? The hardest thing we'll do is look into the eyes of the people we love. And when we live in bigger spaces and we have more opportunities to look away, we'll take them. Because oftentimes the most significant connections happen without words. And if I'm overwhelmed or I feel like a failure or I feel like a piece of shit because I haven't served you well or I've broken your heart, I'd rather look away. Hmm. Are we even capable of communicating? Like, have we lost, do you think, certain communication skills or do we forsake them? Like, is this a conscious decision or do we not know how? No, we you listen. We are wired for connection. We want to know we matter. In fact, that's the only thing that connects us as humans, regardless of age, race, religion, socioeconomic status, gender identity, or ability. We all want to know that we matter. And you get the most productivity over somebody. You get the most out of them. One of my favorite hockey coaches, I know you know uh, him, is Daryl Sutter. I tried to marry a Sutter back in biking. It didn't work out. But anyways, it's fine. I... um, I remember this quote that I heard him say that always sticks in my heart. You should see how fast I can get a kid to skate when I know the name of his dog. Wow. Yeah. Huh? Uh-huh. Because when you are acknowledged, you rise. And that, regardless if you show up like an asshole or you look like you're a mean person, I have, like, I mean, I often say this. I've assessed and treated over a thousand kids in this country, and I've never not one time met a bad kid. I've also sat with people in prison and people who have had their kids apprehended or they're in the back of a police car. Um, I've never, ever, ever met somebody that at one point didn't want to do the best they could with what they had. Not one time. Yeah. You know, we, one of the reasons why we reached out to you and, and by the way, just for the audience, I like the audience sometimes to, to get the, the inside baseball or to the peek behind the curtain or whatever you want to, to book Jody Carrington on your talk show. takes like 10 weeks, first of all, because you're so busy and you're all across the country. Um, but, but one of like probably the primary reason why we were most interested to talk to you is we've been taking a look from different angles at this, this polarization that we see around us. And I, and I'm not a hundred percent 
can like I'm not convinced that it's way worse than it ever was before. I wonder if sometimes there's just more platforms to display it. I don't know. I think there have been extenuating circumstances. I think I, I don't think, and you understand obviously better than we do, but but like the the impact of COVID, and I don't I don't invoke something like PTSD and 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 disrespect veterans and people that live with real, very real mental health challenges all the time. But to a certain degree, everyone was impacted by COVID to a certain degree. And something's changed for a long time. I was having a very frank conversation with a friend the other day. I can't tell you how much I appreciated his honesty in our conversation about, he said, you know what? He said, I look around me and I see a bunch of functional alcoholics. And he says, none of us want to call it that. He says, but it wasn't like this before COVID. And I see the dynamic in our friend circle right now. And that's just one example of like Mm -hmm. what this last two and a half to three years has done to people. And Mm -hmm. we're trying to make sense of it now. And it's still really early stages, right? It's like when people talk about like polio back in the day, they didn't really get it until like 10 years later, right? Or 15 years later. Yeah. And here's the number one issue, okay? So, I I mean, I think we we have lots of experiences historically around how we can sort of compare this experience. But but to be frank, there's a big difference between the removal of the stressor and the stress response. So when we talk about trauma, trauma is any experience encoded in terror. And when we think about what has happened over the last two and a half years, I was really concerned about a mental health crisis prior to, to COVID. And here's the three things, like the most dysregulated we are is when we're surrounded by uncertainty, fear, and no end in sight. That's the, the the most dysregulated you'll ever see a kid. If you see somebody uh, getting arrested, if you see anybody sort of in this really state of they've just got the news that 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 somebody has died, uncertainty, fear, and no end in sight are the three things that contribute most to the most dysregulated states where we're losing our mind, flipping our lid, losing even our language. We're <laughs> like that. Think about the three components of a global pandemic: mm. uncertainty, fear. And no end in sight. Right. So as a globe, for two and a half years, we have been in a state of heightened arousal. Right. We've been in this. (gasps) And not to the point that, um, you know, there's no reprieve from it. And so when you stay in that place of anticipatory anxiety that long, there will be a cost to it. And people say, okay, well, it's good. The, the you know, Biden declared um, that uh, COVID was over three weeks ago. Um, masks are off at airport, all of those things. So we should be good. The expectation is we're good. We're good. We hear this all the time. Let's get back to normal. Let's make up for less time. Let's catch those kids up in terms of their, you know, their gaps in socialization and learning. So dumb. Because there's a difference between a removal of a stressor and the stress response. Just because you leave your job um, after you've been looked after by the misogynistic, patriarchal, asshole boss doesn't mean you suddenly step into the light the next day. Because you've been in an abusive relationship for 20 years doesn't mean just because you get out and you're safe doesn't mean your body knows that. You make it to Friday and um, how often can we, we should be able to sleep in Saturday mornings, right? Oh, it's the weekend. Your body doesn't know that. Yeah. If you've ever seen anybody who worked their ass off through, you know, their entire career and, and forced so, uh, didn't, didn't take any holidays, missed their kids, all the things because they're waiting for retirement. They retire and then they just fucking die, mm-hmm. right? It's the difference between understanding that the cost of being like this as a globe will be so, and, and here's, the, here's the conversations that we have a lot these days, quiet quitting, burnout. 
the great resignation, the fact that divorce has increased in our country and across North America and in many European countries by 33% since the beginning of the pandemic. Really? Is why child maltreatment, yeah, child maltreatment and domestic violence have never been this high in the history of our lives, right? And for the first time in history, emotional illness is killing us at faster rates than physical illness. What the, what is happening? We've never had more access to healthcare and resources and research. And we're finally talking around systemic oppression and uh, all of these things. Well, how come now our hearts are worse than they've ever been? It's because we've never been this disconnected. What we will not change is the necessity for face-to-face connection. We told people for the physical safety of our communities, which was correct, we needed to work from home. We needed to stay from home. You needed to, no weddings, no funerals, no places of gathering where we have a, a freely, culturally acceptable place to express emotion. And here's the issue with anxiety and depression. They will not kill you. They are emotions, but not talking about them might. Hmm. Are you seeing... Like with regards to your engagement, you do these, and, and I don't know if you're still doing them every day, but you've done these like Facebook lives. You connect with your audience and, and your fans, and I mean, there, there's this loyal base. It's really remarkable. Are you seeing higher engagement now, which which would, I, I think, be like a, a I guess, a, a positive and a negative, right? In the sense that like more people are recognizing there's a need to address their mental health, uh, which is positive, but maybe because there's more demand on it, which is which is a bit of a discouraging reality or it's a reality nonetheless. I mean, what are you noticing? Are more people seeking help or are people more people withdrawing? I, I You know what? It's, it's a bit of a mix. And I, and I think I would have to lean on the side of withdrawing hmm. because I think that you know, it, it is really just this sense of like, we're so tired, we don't even want to talk about it anymore. Um, you know, the, the recession, the economy is is really debilitating and, and concerning, I, I think, people. And when we get into a state of fight or flight, we get divisive. And, you know, when you open this conversation today, it was really about, you know, the polarization of, of the province, of the country, of the world. Um, we see an eruption. And despite the fact that, you know, we've never had such beautiful conversations around systemic oppression in the history that is our country, for example, we still see such a divisiveness because when we're overwhelmed and exhausted, we lose room for empathy. We lose room for gray. It doesn't mean we don't have it. It doesn't mean you're an asshole. It doesn't mean that because you want to throw punch everybody you see, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you've lost access to the best parts of you. Because when we're exhausted, we lose compassion and our give a shit is broken. It's really the definition of burnout. Okay. So you start to experience futility in the world. Herbert Freudenberger came up with the concept or the theory of burnout in 1950. This has nothing to do. This is not new. It's like when your resources outside of your workplace do not match what work sucks from you, you will get burnt out. I mean, it, it's not, I mean, that's yeah, okay. Shocking. We know this to be true. So what are we doing instead of in implementing policies and procedures to be better or more efficient or productive at work? What are we doing to look after us outside of there? What are we doing to be able to stay connected with each other? And it's for me, it's little things like even if we can shift this understanding between now and next week, I want you to give a compliment every single day to anybody you see. And when I ask you to do that, most people are like, fuck off. Nobody is ever nice to me, so I'm not going to be nice to them. So we get into this place of divisive standoff. And what's remarkable is when you just really think about that, you know, give your partner a compliment once, buy somebody a coffee in the lineup behind you, 
um, wave like you're drunk on the way to work every day um, at every stop sign, every stoplight. I don't care if you're on rural road 3032 or you are um, downtown Edmonton. Do like this to people huh? because everybody in this moment is in a heightened state of arousal and the contemplation of suicide is higher. I, I am every day. My heart is crushed by the amount of divisiveness and emotional dysregulation. I, do, I, I mean, tonight I was just saying to the team, I want to jump on and do a live tonight because I don't do them regularly anymore because we're always on the road. But I'm like, you know what I really want to talk about tonight is um, first responder stress. We, you know, we lost another member of the uh, RCMP uh, two days ago in E Division, which is uh, BC. And I, I want to talk about, you know, PTSD and the connection to the people we love. And, you know, if you've ever worn a uniform, what that means, what it means to serve, what it means to sort of be disconnected and, you know, pay the, the price. I think we don't talk nearly enough about... <sighs> The necessity to just slow down, to take a deep breath, to re-engage with people, because that's what we will never, ever automate. Uh, if this call is resonating with you, I want to remind everybody that, that help is available. If if uh, you're experiencing suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts, uh, Talk Suicide Canada is a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week service, 365 days a year at one 456 4566 I think anecdotally, people talk, uh, Dr. Jody Carrington, our guest, if you're just joining us live streaming audio on Mixler, uh, people people talk anecdotally. And I think it's actually, um, you know, we, we've had some people, some public commentators, uh, most especially politicians called to the carpet. People want to see statistics to know if it's actually true. People will say, well, you know, through the pandemic, this is up and this is up and suicides are up. And then people go, well, hang on, are they actually uh, is, is this a politically convenient statement? Do we have the statistical data? Uh, there's anecdotal data, depending on where people are at. You're nodding your head. Take us into this from your perspective as a psychologist. The World Health Organization, if you look today, um, really talks a lot about what they've gathered so far. And, you know, you know, we always want to, I don't know who we are, but make it, make sure that we're accurate. And so often data lags in terms of times. But I will tell you, you know, if we just think about people like, um, I do a um, some of my favorite people to work with is, is so interesting um, is funeral directors because oftentimes we overlook the importance of, of grief and complicated grief. And, you know, how are you um, walked home? Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is by a dead guy named Ram Das. And he says this, we're all just here walking each other home. Regardless of whether you are a radio talk show host or a funeral director, a teacher, a police officer, uh, a mom, a hockey coach, that, that, that applies. We're all just here walking each other home. Hmm. And we were never meant to do this alone. And so some of my favorite conversations are, you know, with some of the amazing funeral directors in our province. And so many of them can tell you statistically, I mean, my friend Jer, um, who is in Provost, Alberta, um, has increased death by suicide and addictions is increased by 700% since the beginning of the pandemic in his facility. And I think you know, what's, what's interesting about this is that when you want to check out, when you want to numb, you know, when your friend was talking about, you know, functional alcoholics, the, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. Because when I don't feel like I matter or I'm connected or I'm successful or I've fostered the relationships or shown up in the place that I want to, um, I want to step away from that. When the world gets too much, when I see too much trauma and pain and when I experience it every day, when I police it every day, when I serve it every day, when I hang on to people's stories every day, it's just like at the end of the day, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just having a drink. Yeah. And 
when you don't have anywhere to put it, when there's no possibility of hope or how about this or what about this, it gets too big, right? So futility sets in. What I hope we can talk about more is this is the only ask of us as you and me as humans. It's not the job of a senior leader right now to turn the shit around so that we make this better for our babies. It is up to you and me to do the next best right kind thing. That's it. Full stop. That's it. And so do we need, you know, political change? Do we need like, okay, we can get marred in that every single day. But you know what that really does? It takes away the responsibility of you and me to go buy somebody coffee, to speak to a homeless person and say, can you tell me your name? Mm-hmm. One of my greatest teachers of all time is Jesse Thistle, who um, is an indigenous man who wrote From the Ashes, uh, uh, international bestseller. And uh, he survived the residential school system and homelessness in prison and then um, is now finishing his PhD at York. And um, he said to me when he was homeless, one, he had three experiences that sort of allowed him to transition um, into a belief that he might, she might matter. Um, the first was when somebody asked him his name. He hadn't spoken his name in, you know, he couldn't think about it, but maybe three months. And somebody said, what's your name? And so he said when he heard himself say Jesse and the, and the responder said, oh, you know, my name is Ryan. Nice to meet you. Hmm. I suddenly felt seen. And we underestimate our ability as human beings to alter the trajectory, to not only change a life every single day, but save it by asking somebody's name or buying a coffee or we get marred, you understand, in this great, big, overwhelming sense of like the world is completely fucked. It's not true. It's not true. I've never been so happy to be alive in this season, primarily because you'll appreciate this. The bar is so low. Yeah. The bar is so low. You just you wave at somebody and they want to make out with you. Huh? You're like, oh, well, no, you I was going to say the opposite. I feel like you wave at somebody these days and they they'll mistake they, they just assume you're giving them the finger. Like I feel like you say everybody's in a heightened state of arousal. I feel like everybody's torqued up right now, ready to go. Every everybody is likes to fight guy now. Look at me, look at me, Jesperson. If you are ready to fight in this moment, and I just came up to you and said, "Can I talk to you for a second? And you're like, "What?" <laughs> I think your son is amazing. I think White is the coolest kid I've ever seen. I was watching him yesterday. I just think he is such uh, an amazing soul. I don't know what you're doing, Dad, but you're doing something right. It's Mama. What? Ah! But what happens, right, is that very quickly we drop, we sink in, and we, you know, we we're suspicious for sure. We are suspicious when people are kind. That is the epitome of disconnect. Can you imagine if we sunk into that? Can you imagine if we believe that to be true? Can you imagine if for a second, yeah, you have a beautiful wife, no doubt she's amazing, but so are you. And when we can sink into those things, then it's a little bit like, okay, uh, okay, yeah. Now we have the ability to give that away to everybody that we see, right? And the people who need it the most are suspicious. That It's so difficult to be kind. Mm -hmm. The people who need it the most are the hardest to give it to. I'm not saying everybody deserves it, but... Here's the mantra that I will, uh, we can embed today for you and me, okay? Be kind and don't tolerate bullshit in that order. Be kind and don't tolerate bullshit. I like that. Hey, by the way, check In that out. order. Oh, in that order. Here's the, here's the new little man. This is Noah Bear. <laughs> hey, that's Noah. This is, uh, this is just from yesterday. This is a benefit for those that are watching on YouTube. This is the little guy in his car. Noah! He can't stand his car seat. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was on his way out with mama to run a few errands. And so there's the little man. We don't show, we don't, we haven't posted like it. I haven't posted a ton about him, but, but there you go. Um, are, are we, we, 
gorgeous. We talked to a, a guy by the name of Will Cardinal Maurer on the show, and this is one of those, like, he's not famous. He's not the CEO of anything. He's not an elected official, but Will is one of these, like, salt-of-the-earth guys. Um, I met him at a bar, quite frankly. We were at a brewery, and, and he just came up and started talking. He's, he's been a fan of the show. I noticed that he had a, a naloxone kit on a carabiner on his belt loop, um, which caught my attention. My brother works in harm reduction. It got us talking. I said, you got to come on the show. Uh, and, and he did. And um, this guy, I mean, he just, he, he, he saves lives on a daily basis and most people don't even know who he is. It's just, he's got this, this calling. Um, anyway, the point of me saying this, uh, Dr. Jody, and people can, can uh, you know, search our archives for Will Cardinal Maurer if they want to see that interview. He is talking about the unhoused population and, and how it's skyrocketing in Canadian cities, including our home city of Edmonton. He says, you know what people want? He says, you know what the homeless population, they want you to look in their eye and acknowledge their presence. He's like, it's like such a tiny thing to just acknowledge, to look someone in the eyes and acknowledge their presence. He didn't say give them a hundred dollars. He didn't say take them into your home and welcome them around your family dining room table. He just said, acknowledge them. Ryan, this is the ask of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's 93 calls to action, 94 calls to action. Mm -hmm. Number one, acknowledge, which is not an apology. It is never a one-shot deal, but it must be genuine. An acknowledgement is a holding space, a bearing witness to, a seeing. And we are wired for connection. If you can't acknowledge, if you can't acknowledge, nobody will rise. And you can't address what you won't acknowledge. When you say, we're fine, we're good, it's good. The Pope came over, everything's good, we're good, we're good. You're good, we're good, we're fine, it's good. Mm -mm. You can't address what you don't acknowledge. And it is never a one-shot deal. You and I will never genuinely need to know, want to know we matter enough, right? Can you imagine? I mean, if you've ever lost a child, you don't want people to stop talking about it. If you've ever lost anybody you love, you want us to remember those things. It's never a what. We don't acknowledge it once at the funeral and hope that things are good. Huh? At a wedding, we don't just go back and forth and we, you know, have midnight lunch and dress up and Jesus and the creators there maybe. And you have an open bar and that's it. Three days later, I might have to say to you, do you still love me? Are we good? Because this, we're wired for connection. It's never a one-shot deal, particularly when there's been a massive something that is successful that needs to be celebrated or something that is atrocious and has been experienced. It is a ask for acknowledgement that is just so clear of the Indigenous peoples in this country. And, and they're brilliant. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. We have so much to learn. As, as you talk, and this is the case every time we connect, I just, I, I'm scribbling. I'm scribbling notes down. I want to just put things on people's radar. These are not all profound thoughts. These are almost like assignments I want to give people. Um, and, and just to build on the wisdom that you've been sharing with us and the insight you've been sharing with us. Um, you talk about death. We had death educator Jeremy Allen on the show on September yeah! 12th. That's did, did you hear my interview with him? His, his dog had died like 24 hours before. And Jeremy There's and I. Such a rock star. Oh man, we we talked like we were talking big picture. We were talking about National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We were talking about the the horrific tragedy on James Smith Cree Nation. But the interview started with just real life 
this guy just lost his dog. And it was the feedback we got from that interview was incredible. Uh, people, I mean, if you wanted, people say, well, who wants to talk about death? It's actually remarkable. I feel so cathartic to have those conversations. Um, Johnny knows. I mean, I got tears streaming down my face all the time. I feel things deeply. And so I really uh, appreciated that. That was September 12th. September 13th was Will Cardinal Maurer, if people want to check our archives. And then are you familiar? You're talking about first responders and PTSD and mental health and suicide, quite frankly. Are you familiar with Dan Sun? photo art do you know that yeah. Dan, daniel's unbelievable so i want people yeah, to check daniel out Daniel and i have worked together many times he's amazing so his artistic understanding he's a firefighter emt himself and a very talented artist on instagram dan sun just how it sounds dan sun photo art um i dare somebody to try to take a look at this account and not spend an hour on it i mean his insight the power of his images uh really is worth folks time so those are some things i wanted to put on the radar i know you have to go i'm so valuable i mean you're so appreciative of your valuable time uh, but let me ask you this in closing i feel uh, because i experience it myself and uh, i was talking to uh, to a, a therapist off air uh, in a session and she challenged me she said one of the things that you do and i wanted to put this in front of the audience because i think sometimes it's good for us to to, to share and to be honest in the full disclosure idea, she says, one of your trends, Ryan, and she goes, and you look at what gets you in hot water sometimes with your public commentary too, it's to dehumanize people and to, mm-hmm. to, to talk down to somebody or to, to, to imply that someone's opinion is not as informed as yours or not as valuable as yours or that you're smarter than somebody or that somebody's an idiot. We throw that around all the time. And, 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 it's, and it's great as a talk host because these are the clicks. These are the, the, the sound bites that really travel, right? When you use a flamethrower on somebody. But right now it feels like, and take the talk show host element out of it, just in general public right now, you know, I feel like if you're sitting around a campfire this fall or people are trick-or-treating and talking to their neighbors and, and somebody's got a Canadian flag up and someone's going to wonder, is it patriotism or is it the freedom convoy? And then someone says, I think that the Ottawa convoy had some good ideas. And then all of a sudden their neighbor's like, this guy's an idiot. Like I used to think that this guy was decent. We've lived next to each other. Now this guy's an idiot. And then when it comes out and then, and then that guy hears that that family, well, they got, they just got boosted. They just got their fourth shot. Well, they're a bunch of idiots because they obviously haven't read about the research or the lack of, and you get what I'm getting at? Like now everybody feels like everybody else is an idiot. And, and I, I don't know, maybe I was naive before, but it just didn't feel like it used to be that way. This is what I'll leave you with. People are hard to hate close up. People are hard to hate close up. And the more disconnected we become, the more easy it is to believe the things. We can inundate ourselves with social media. Social media is not social. It is very curated. People listen and read and think about the things that confirm their beliefs. And when you lean in to people who aren't like you, who uh, don't think or sound or look like you. Uh, That is where the richness of humanity lives because people are hard to hate. Close up, we are way more alike than we are different. We all started in the same place, listening to the heartbeat of our mamas. Hmm. And regardless of whether she's alive or you have a relationship with her or not, the fundamental basis of connection, of human connection, even without words, is what happens in the healthiest among us. And people are hard to hate close up. 
Dr. Jody Carrington, psychologist, author, and a public speaker in high demand. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Join the tens of thousands that do. Her Facebook account is a is a monstrous one, too, with regards to the impact that it has. And, of course, you can find her online at drjodycarrington.com. She's been live from Yellowknife this morning. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Rod. Take care, everybody. Yeah, you, too. Good stuff. Uh, I know that this will land differently with different people, uh, and, and, and you probably feel uh, in some circumstances that, that this may be speaking directly to you. If that's something that you ever want to share, uh, we're always curious to know how the content on this show, how our conversations and our, and our interactions, our interviews with experts in their field are resonating with real talkers. You know where to find us, our hashtag RealTalkRJ. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, you can send us an email anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com once a month. At the end of every month, typically at the beginning of the next month, uh, we look back and uh, award a Real Talk email of the month, which means that we ship an official issue Real Talk studio mug, a beautiful ceramic mug to one Real Talker, the author of an email that really got us thinking. Uh, there's a front runner this month, uh, but you never know what we might see between now and Hallow's Eve on October 31st. These conversations are presented by our incredible sponsors like the family-owned business at Eden Landscaping. Mike and his team in the greater Edmonton area for more than 20 years have been bringing outdoor spaces to life, a custom landscape builder. You know who needs to reach out to Eden Landscaping? It's, it's everybody that's so excited about their new digs. Maybe you got your starter home. Maybe you got your forever home. Uh, but the builder gave you that cookie cutter, let's be honest, lame-ass landscape. Just a bunch of sod and that one lonely tree in the front. The backyard, no inspiration whatsoever. Why not talk to Mike and see what they can do? You can browse their portfolio online at landscapeedmonton.ca. And don't forget, the best time to reach out to them is right now so they can pull all the permits, get the design process rolling, so when the ground thaws this spring... They'll be ready to go, shovels in that ground. At Apex Automation, they're looking for Canada's most talented engineers. They're growing their team. They've tripled their team in the past few years. Why? Because Canada's most skilled engineers understand the value of giving people back their time. I had the opportunity to tour Apex's developmental facilities just a few months ago. They showed me around as their team was stress testing a new system set to go in a sag d plant for upstream oil extraction amazing to see what they've done with jobs that previously were either dangerous or just mind-numbing for humans it means that the skilled workforce can now find other opportunities within those facilities to find fulfillment in their careers Plus, Apex is opening new offices across the country so their employees can be closer to their families and closer to the work they're doing. It's all part of the team approach that Apex Automation adopts. You can find them at apexautomation.ca. Do you have your tickets yet for life-changing luxury? I'm going to be hammering this home all the way up to the deadline on November 3rd. The Covenant Foundation Lottery, 30 years of life-changing wins, including this year's grand prize, a $2.2 million dream home. You can tour the home online and get your tickets at covenantfoundationlottery.ca. It's not just the house they're giving away. The 50-50 is going to see somebody walk away with well over half a million dollars. There's the glamping adventure, the guided fly fishing experience, a luxury ranch experience, hella hiking. How cool would heli hiking be? Plus, they're giving away Beamers, Alfa Romeos, Alexis, and luxury vacations, including a trip to Portugal, all in support of the Stal, no, rather the Misericordia and Grey Nuns Hospitals. You can learn more and get your tickets today 
at covenantfoundationlottery.ca. And John, of course, we're hammering home the new fall blizzard menu at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton in Sherwood Park. We've got the pumpkin pie blizzard, which I was raving about all week. I finally had a chance to try it on Sunday. It's incredible. But Real Talker Will was in touch with me yesterday, and he said, I'd like to hear you talk more, Jespo, reminding people about the dairy-free dilly bars. Uh, Will's a big fan of those. <laughs> he told me he had picked up a box himself at the, one of the Dairy Queens. I don't know which one it was, either Palisades de Mayo, Newcastle, Westmount, or Baseline Road. But he said, a shout-out to the dairy-free dilly bars at That's the Dairy right Queens alley. of Northwest Edmonton in Sherwood Park. You want to know the real talk? It took me a while to try a dairy-free dilly bar. Really? I was, well, I was always surrounded by the classic dilly, you know, and I didn't have an aversion to dairy. So I was like, why would I try the dairy free? Yeah. I've got the dairy. When I finally did, when I ran out of the real, you know, the original dilly bars, mm-hmm. tried the dairy free edition. Fantastic stuff. It's not like a trade off. It's not like, you know, people go, you're going to get the vegan equivalent or the vegetarian equivalent. They go, there's the kind of this Those trade-off. days are gone. Those days are gone. They're delicious. Fantastic stuff. Uh, There's been some other things happening in the world around us. Of course, our very first interview in this new studio, it was about a week and a half ago, nine days ago, uh, we sat down with Alberta's new premier, Danielle Smith. And on the show, I asked her, uh, you can see that interview in its entirety. Tens of thousands of people have downloaded it, and we appreciate that. She goes on the record. I say, what are you going to do? Uh, I said, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that you can't block people on your social media. I block people. I don't know if I block them all the time, but I block them nonetheless. I said, but does your access or the expectation of access to you need to be different when you're Alberta's premier? And she said, you know, yes, it does. And you can see that she straight up says it in the interview. We shared the highlight clip of it from our Twitter account. It was on our Instagram as well. She says it needs to change. She basically says, so I've instructed my team. She dropped a few names in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Markham Hislop, the publisher of Energy News. Max Fawcett, I brought that up. Max was on the show just the other day. Uh, former editor of Alberta Oil Magazine, lead columnist for Canada's National Observer. I mean, you're blocking these folks. It's pretty prominent when you do. And she said, well, I'm going to instruct my team to unblock Markham. And she says, and yeah, you can't be blocking max she said we shouldn't be doing that and she says basically like moving forward said alberta's premier danielle smith to me she says so her new policy moving forward is going to be unless you call me an f a b or a c (laughs) she says you're not going to be blocked so you can be critical she says i need to be able to take criticism she said it in the interview you could hear it right she says i need to be able to take criticism she needs to have that that accessibility to albertans she says i'm not going to block you unless you call me an f a b or a c we had a couple of people emailing in like what's the c and i was like really i don't know we didn't respond to those emails but here's the deal our twitter is lighting up like has not stopped because everybody's tagging real talk now, proving with their screen grabs that they're still blocked by the premier. I mean, people like what about this from Richard Knack? Richard's a, a great friend of this show. Uh, he also happens to be the father of popular Edmonton City Councilor Andrew Knack. Richard told us, I mean, he's voted conservative virtually his entire life. I mean, I said, I think I might have to talk about this. I said, we might have to circle back on the premier blocking everybody. Richard reaches out and says to me, please do. He says, you've seen my wife and I, you've seen us. And that's true. I was out walking my dogs. I did see Richard out. He says, you've seen me putting out conservative political signs in past years. As a senior, never have I and never will I use the words she mentioned. 
I mean, I think the senior fact is irrelevant. I've seen some seniors use F, B, and C sometimes in the same sentence. But Richard, I'll take your point. He says, at 75 years of age, I still remember my parents teaching us to respect politicians. Now, I admit challenging her comments in the first week and pushing an apology. What did it earn him? A block from Alberta's premier. And so this is one that we're going to continue to focus on because I think it's relevant. I think that people have a right to access the premier's messaging platform if Twitter is going to be used as a platform for public information. And as a member of the electorate, as a, as a taxpayer, if you want to put it that way, are you entitled, if you've not called her an F, a B, or a C, like she said, are you entitled to that access? I mean, I'm actually blown away. I wouldn't be spending valuable time on this show talking about it had our Twitter mentions not been overwhelmed over the past week or so by evidence, screen grabs of people that are still blocked by Premier Danielle Smith. Now, there's the whole thing of do you deserve access? And, and we could get into that and, and debate the, the, the hypotheticals around that. But there's also the very real impact of the look of the optics of block, block, blocking people that criticize you. Now, like I said, I've blocked before. Sometimes you get sick of someone like that house fire, the mosquito or the horse fly at the picnic, that one person that just hammers away at you and won't leave you alone. You've had enough of it and fine. I've talked about this before on the show, but is it different when you're the premier? I think it is. And I think that her political staffers, I don't think it's Danielle Smith on her phone blocking everybody. Sometimes maybe it is. But this is a circumstance where I think either inexperienced or naive staffers, those that lack the experience of successful political strategy, are perhaps creating a scenario that the premier is going to have to dig herself out of. And right now, with three apologies or retractions on the books in the first week and a bit, this is something they need to figure out and quick. You can tell us your story on being blocked or maybe unblocked by someone. Maybe it's Alberta's premier. Maybe it's someone else. Your thoughts on this is something that we'll continue to focus on and drive that conversation forward. Coming up on tomorrow's Real Talk, we've got some interesting polling to get into. The team from Navigators is going to form our Real Talk roundtable presented by our good friends at Urban Timber. Canadians have told them, in particular in the West, what their political priorities are. Are they being met? What would it look like if they were? This is true engagement, and we're proud to be part of it. Plus, it's our 500th episode of Real Talk tomorrow. We're going to dig into some of our favorite moments. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive producer, Josh Dunford. Technical producer, John Hicks. General manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human resources, Lena Shepard. Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Ann Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.